Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Rodeo Time, the podcast. Uh, this is a very special podcast, podcast number 100, if I'm not mistaken. We've got... Uh, wow. Is it? Yes. One hundred. This is literally 100. This is the 100, my 100th podcast. Milestone. So, well, who, yeah. who would you have for such an important event? Well, we've got the greatest bull rider ever to walk the earth. And we've <laughs> also got the PBR world champion... <laughs> Dalen in the house. You just came off your win. Yeah. Um, you, uh, what was that, a week ago? Uh, uh, week, week and a half, yeah, maybe. <laughs> he he still it, can't even believe it. Has it sunk like in? We've, I've been busy ever since. So You've been doing a lot of these? Uh, doing some of these, doing, um, watching some NASCAR racing. and Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Are you, um, uh, have you been on any t- TV shows? No TV shows. Then the PBR kind of hooks y'all up sometimes with stuff like that. I thought. Yeah, he was on. He was on Fox News. Remember oh. when you went to New York? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, you and Blue. You went to. Yeah, you went on Fox News. That's a pretty big <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah on, I've been on there no, twice and, now. Yeah. No, Fox I haven't been friend. on any. I haven't been on any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this podcast is brought to you by. Is it Total Feeds? Uh, That's what it is. Let me check. Let me check my muddy shirt. Yes, mutual <laughs> mutual uh, um, sponsor of Daylon and, yep. and I, crowd um, sponsor. So not only my third world champion, PBR world champion. Not only the feed of choice for all of our animals, but also Total People Plus. Thank you, Corey, for bringing me my extra bottle this morning. Just ran out. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. What else? Can Am. They yeah, escorted us here. Yeah, they. <laughs> I got a new. I got a new Can Am yesterday. So like they. We got, drove through the mud to get here. They got the Mavericks, which are like the racing ones. Uh-huh. My buddy Dustin Jones drives. He's the racer, and then they have uh, the uh, the Defenders, which are for ranching, and that's what I usually have. Uh-huh. That's like why I'm on the team. Well, they they have like this meshed, like integrated. It's called the Commander. It's pretty much a maverick, like a racing side by side, but with a bed, and that's what. And so, like right before you got here, I took him down Tack Road, seventy miles an hour. Yeah, I had to clean up my a whole right side of my body. It was covered in mud, not the left side. So, and my phone survived. But yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get in a lot of stuff today. Yeah, we 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 tell we hear the Dalen Swearingen story. We um, literally the secret to how he became a world champion. Right. Uh, which I already personally knew the secret, obviously. <laughs> we then talk about Jordan's story. I interrupt him a lot. Also, I sincerely apologize about the construction noise in the background <laughs> at the beginning because uh, we're adding on to the warehouse here, but we get it calmed down about midway through. So yeah. just pardon the noise. Um, check out dalebrisby.com. And now on to the podcast. That was awesome. We apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for the construction. Um, in the background, you might hear some... That right there. <laughs> that was actually, not Dale, for we're once. At, we're actually adding on back here. So some of that big machinery in the front is uh, T-shirt printing. So we're going to print our own shirts eventually. Oh, shoot, yeah. So hopefully create a whole nother company that way we can hire even more people. So bring in more interns. Yeah. So, yep. 
Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Dalen Swearingen. Or do you like to go Mr. by? Mr. What? what? <laughs> World champion? World champion, <laughs> Dalen Swearingen. Yeah. yeah. He insisted. It was in the contract this morning. <laughs> Are you going to? I'm not coming up unless you guys address me as world champion, right? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Are you going to wear the buckle? Yeah, I don't wear it. Yeah, I've wanted to wear one my whole life, and now I got the opportunity to. Yeah, Heck yeah. They, they putting your name on it? Yeah, yeah. Um, when when will that come in? I don't know. So I won three buckles like the last day, and uh, I don't have any of them. Because so right, you won the average, too. Yeah, the average, and then, like, I won my first round at the PBR finals. Why didn't they give you those two? They don't – do they yeah. put your names on those two? Yeah. I didn't think they'd put the names on the, um, like, the seventh round, but I guess maybe they do. Huh. So, you've had a pretty big year. Um, when – tell us about, like – let's start with the Dalen with, – with, with just the Dalen story. Like – we get a lot of people, you know, you're familiar with the intern pot, with the intern program. Yeah. Maybe we, uh, you know, guys come in and they're, they're, uh, they want to learn how to ride bulls, learn how to ranch, learn how to ride Bronx. And, um, I would say maybe the most commonly asked question that I have, like in my DMS is, uh, how do I get started? Be and, and matter of fact, that's like where the idea for the Netflix show came from. They were like, what are we gonna make a show about? And I said, well, I get these DMs every day, how to get started ranching or how to get started rodeoing. And uh, and so I said, what if we just teach people? And so I wanted to call it You Ain't No Cowboy, but they were like, let's just call it How to Be a Cowboy. <laughs> and then we kind of used the, the interns as the template for how to teach America and the world how to be a cowboy. So, um, you know, now you're at a you know, world champion, first of, of many big wins, but, you know, definitely the pinnacle for any bull rider so let's start at the beginning i guess the like my whole family's always been in rodeo my mom was a um barrel racer and a trick rider um all my grandpa's and uh, he was a bareback rider and stuff but anyways i started riding um in north carolina i was born in north carolina and uh lived there probably till we were about like maybe eight or nine so i started riding sheep and calves at uh, circle k and going to stands and stuff and uh some stuff happened with the family and we moved back to new york and um still rode like steers but wasn't i actually my brother was trick like he had to do a whip act to kind of help pay for our way to the rodeos and uh and i did a little roman riding act with um a clown actually I'm kidding yeah i didn't know that yeah yeah this this dude has done it all <coughs> he's done it all i missed that part <laughs> yeah at one of them it was at uh, the new york state fair and i was doing the clown acting which i was just like the little beginning of it you know but yeah. these little ponies started going around there and i couldn't get them woed up and i came off the side of them and it was at the biggest one but the clown he sold it good so <laughs> right. that's all that mattered but uh uh, so from there, like, um, so my mom bought us two ponies, and uh, they were both little paint ponies, and uh, I had Roman riding pads for them. The one was real young, and the old, other one was old, so they weren't really a good pair. Yeah. Well, probably um, 
couple weeks before I got my Roman Ryan pads, my uncle Kenny sent me two bareback riggings. He sent me one and my brother one. Just little pony riggings. And we had a buck and shoot at my grandpa's house and um we put them on in there and we would buck them all the time and we'd put our bull rope on the pony and just have like a rope and just flank it out back there and uh so I guess me and my brother we've just always been kind of trying to get stuff to buck um for a while now so (laughs) trying to get stuff to buck (laughs) so there's this like there's this like little thing that like that people have that guys like you know everybody at this table essentially but we you know, I don't know. It's like this desire to have adrenaline course through your veins, Oh, you know? And yeah. so like yeah. I was, when I was on the Marcus Latrell podcast, I was telling him about, uh, we did the, uh, what are those things called that we put on the knocker balls, the knocker balls, you know, the knocker yeah. balls. And you see guys get in the arena. Yeah. Well, like we ordered them on Amazon and, uh, but they were like half the size of like the normal size knocker balls that you see in all those videos. Like the, the normal ones, they'll go like down to people's ankles. Yeah. Like there's, there's very little, you know, you're, you're not going to get hurt. Right. Hypothetically. Well, these like came down to like mid sh- thigh, like <laughs> they're going to protect your upper body. Just so just we to make a hinge for your knee to go sideways. Exactly. So <laughs> we, we, we get these knocker balls, we get them out, we blow them up. We put them on and we realize, oh my God, well, we got a fighting bull. Cody Webster brought us a fighting cow. And like she's a real there, one. a real one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not just a hot. No, it's one, not bull. one of your ponies yeah. trying to get to, <laughs> so, to buck. We, we got these knocker balls and we were like, we looked at them. We were like, I ah, will do it anyway. <laughs> and Marcus Luttrell, lone survivor, interrupted me. And he was like, whoa, 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 that right there. Don't ever lose that. <laughs> And I immediately, I was like, this man gets it. And of course he gets it. He's a dang Navy SEAL. But there's that little bit of like on the edge of danger. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, just just like you're striving for like that thrill. Mm -hmm. And like that's one thing I've identified like in like rodeo cowboys, specifically rough stock. Like they want that little thing. Like you hear a lot of stories about rough stock riders who get hurt doing other things. For instance, Tilden Hooper broke his collarbone on a mini dirt bike Yep, right before like a big rodeo. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, I hate to interrupt. I just, I I think that if you're out there and you're like, I really want a rodeo and you've got that little thing about you that it's just like, because if you've got the opposite where it's like, no, 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 I'm not even going to think about doing this or that thing because it might be dangerous. You may not be cut out to be a bull rider. Yeah. Well, this morning, so there's a big, big storm and Dalen drove through and he had quite a drive this morning and and so it it delayed him and we were standing around and Dale's like oh you want to see my new Can-Am shiny (laughs) clean I'm like yeah like we'll hop in and we spent 30 minutes trying to tip it over in the mud (laughs) well before we did that (laughs) I went down tack road the road 70, I jog on. 70 miles an hour. 70 miles an <laughs> hour we road. got this son oh, of a gun up to. So that's what we're doing while we're sitting around waiting for you. <laughs> that's why I'm all here. muddy. <laughs> so anyways, back to Dalen's story. Back to Dan's story. But I just wanted to. So welcome. To, you're, you're among family is what yeah, he's trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to identify, like, even as a little kid, you are, you're hungry for yes. it. You're putting a bull rope on a mini pony. On a mini and, pony. And putting a flank on him. It's probably just you and your brother, right? Yeah. 
There's nobody else out there. <laughs> yeah, one, one, but one buddy, but yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So anyhow, I didn't mean to interrupt for nine minutes. Take over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got to get my train of thought going again. But so you're, you're bucking these mini ponies. You're putting bareback riggings <laughs> Any, on them. And no, anything that'll buck, he said. Yeah. Trying to get anything to buck. <laughs> <clears throat> then we had some little Jersey bottle calves. We raised those up. And we got some pictures with them. But So then from, kind of from there, um, then we kind of started... I quit kind of doing the Roman riding deal. My brother was still doing the whips, but he'd still ride and stuff. And um, then, like, the ponies just weren't really, which we had one pony. He was a one-eyed pony. He would turn back, and he'd, he'd get it. But that was the only one that would buck. So then we started, um, my mom got remarried, and we got adopted and stuff. And uh, when that happened, he was a stock contractor, Sam. And uh, so then he had a rodeo company, so when we were always around it. Uh, and in the Northeast, we lacked a lot of horse riders. Yeah. So me and my brother would, the pony wasn't really working out. Like, it wasn't helping us to be become better bareback riders or saddlebunk riders. Uh, so we started getting on steers, and that's kind of when the steers started coming to be a thing. And we had some really good, like, we had some good steers that would go out there and jump kick. Like, it took a handful to find them, but... Um, so then we started putting bareback riggins and steer and and saddles on steers, and uh, and then I was still riding bulls and stuff and steers and stuff, and then um, did that throughout high school and stuff, and then went to college and rode all three in college, and so. So, um, when did you get on your first bull though? Um, so I had this little bull. His name was Carmelo Fort. 417 uh and he was just a good one i probably got on him i don't know i was probably like 15 or 16 so so pretty much all throughout you're pretty much you're you're getting on anything yeah there's there's it's not you weren't necessarily like at 12 13 14 like i'm gonna be a bareback rider you're just rodeoing yeah that is my exact mm -hmm. my exact story so yep. anyhow um College rodeo, same thing. Like, coaches, like, because it's all about points. Yeah. In college rodeo, you can only have six people on the team. But there's no limit to how many events any of those six people do. So as a college rodeo coach, if you have someone, like Dalen, yep. who is really good at um, one event and then can is really good at two or three, well, that's just a jackpot. But even if somebody's good at one event and then they're just okay at yeah, the others. Can at least enter and get much points. On the yeah. team all the time. Right. Yeah. So how did it how did it work out for you guys in college? So right after um after right after the high school finals, I won the high school finals in the bareback riding and then uh, I think I was in Big Sky Montana at PBR and I tore my knee up. So the first half of the college season I didn't do nothing with so it's really hard to make up ground in the horse riding you know those 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 top couple guys don't fall off ever right in the bull riding you can catch up and um so that same year I made the college finals in the bull riding but not through the bull riding just because the team we had a good team and that picked me up to take me to the college finals and uh but we we ended up winning the men's team and um it was, it was pretty cool. What to be year was that? That was 19. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the end. He's just he's saying 2019. It's not the beginning of a four-year, you know, not 19-something. 
How old are you now, Kaylin? 22. 22 years old. I'm a world champion at right. 22. What's the youngest PBR world champion? Um, I, I think it's probably going to be Jess. I don't know I was how old say, he was. He was, because he was in our booth like that afternoon, and it, I want to say he was 21. Somewhere in there? Yeah. Just barely. I, I want I know that there's been like 19-year-olds win the world in rodeo. Yeah. But... Um, I didn't know about PBR. Yeah, there haven't been many that young. Yeah, well, I'm, I was thinking bronc riding. Wasn't Taos Muncie 19 when he won the bronc riding? Well, world? I mean, in PBR, they haven't been that Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there's probably not been that many actually in pro rodeo either. But yeah. <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty young. To You're kind of, I don't know. That that that's a really successful like like start, you know. Like, it's almost hard for guys not to compare themselves, you know. Like I hear a lot of people, yeah. they'll be like, as young as fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. Yeah, people will message me and ask me if they're too old to get started <laughs> rodeoing, and it really frustrates <laughs> me. Like one time, I just said, "Yes, you are. Go ahead and quit now." This kid was like fifteen. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> Because I was just, I was like, why are you even asking me that? You need just go to McDonald's, start learning how to fry French fries. You're done. I, I went back and told him, no, you're not. Give up on your dreams. But the <laughs> the reason he's asking, the reason he's asking is because he's got a handful of friends that are 11, 12, 13, right. and they're riding better than he is. Yep. And and there's a they, lot of people he's got out a, there. He's got a Dalen out there he's looking at. Exactly. There's a lot of people out there that might be 22, 3, 4, 5 who have maybe – Maybe they're 25, 26, yeah. and they've, they just started, and they see somebody like Dalen at 22. Yeah, you might have set the bar a little high for a few young guys. <laughs> but anyway, what kind of advice might you give to somebody who's who's got a little bit of – Yeah. Because my deal was I told them, like, it can happen. Once you start getting on, like, it can happen for you in a couple of years in the bull riding. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just getting on. I mean, there's so many bulls to get on. You just kind of got to pick and choose. Like, I got on the bulls that I was supposed to get on when I was young, and, like, I didn't get killed off. Or, like, people so often they'll just get on, get on, get on, and, like, not get on with a purpose. So you have to have a purpose every time you get on. But, like, mm. um, not getting on stuff that stuff that's kind of somewhat in your category or at least not super powerful if it does really buck. You said your, your stepdad was a contractor, right? Yeah. Did he did he teach you that? How where did you learn as a young person how to pick your bulls? Yeah, well he he really picked most of my bulls that I got on okay. when I was younger and then well, that um, makes a lot of difference. Yeah. Like I mean you're playing smart. Yeah. Yes. Well I didn't I wanted to just go and rodeo everywhere I could. Right. But I was also working uh which I do a lot for my dad and stuff and mm -hmm. for the rodeo company and and we needed to fill those he was producing a rodeo and I was learning how to ride. So it worked out really good because I could get on every day in one or two events and keep getting better. And he's picking what I'm getting on. So yeah. my old man put on rodeos, got to get on a lot. You know, one thing for me personally was it gave me kind of a bad taste about production. So I pers I know that I know that I know that I know that I don't want to put on rodeos. Yeah. 
Now I'll take bulls to one. Like if if JB and I, if JB you know was like, hey, let's go over here. Like I'll take bulls to it. That's fun. I'll take bucking horses. I might help shoot boss. But as far as full on production and like I'm working for the stock contractor, like I'm I'm probably not going to sign up for that job. How do you feel about it? Yeah. So in the north, like in New York and like the Northeast where we put on rodeos, like we had to carry, we carried in, we had two arenas on the road. And so we'd have to set up, tear down. And yeah, I didn't want to be a part of a production. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. down here, it's pretty nice. You can pull in, unload your stock. I mean, the production's still hard, but you don't have to set everything up every weekend right. and week out. And I mean, we rodeo every weekend down here. Yeah. It's every, yeah, every it's, town. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. It's ready to go all the time. But yeah. in New York, you know, it's got to be a rare event. Yeah, no, well, no, like, there's ro- there's Isn't a lot it? more rodeos than you think up there. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's not, like, you can't, I mean, in the summertime, you can go, in the wintertime, there's nothing pretty much to go to. Yeah. So that was a big eye-opener when I, when I first started, um, like, I thought 5,000 added rodeo was a big rodeo, and then, then here I am trying to make the NFR, and I'm like, man, I can't even go to a 5,000 added mo- and really make money. Right. And, uh... So it was a big eye opener, but I mean, there's a lot of rodeos to go to up there, just on a smaller scale. And um. mm. did did uh, did Sam like kind of respect that for you and and let you go down just the contestant route, or did you still have to, as you're a contestant, did you you know when you're hanging around his rodeos, were you having to wear both hats, like production and I'm gonna work on riding? Yeah, no. Towards like once I started getting more competitive, I can then I kind of I might have to do a couple things, but not not too much. Yeah, because I would like I remember like getting on, getting on stock. Like I would get on bulls like wearing clown paint. Yeah, like I got on a bull once. <laughs> like, like I had sh- like my baggies, like not not my baggies, but like my shorts that go under them, and then I just put my and and like I'm in my bull riding, my my bull fighting vest on a bull, and then they would you know run me either first or last, but typically last that way in case I got hurt at the beginning. They you know because he wanted to have a bullfighter. Yeah. Anyway, can't lose a bullfighter. Right. So like, that's why I like there's little things like that that I just like oh, you know like when I think about it. For instance, yeah. uh, feedlots. You know like that's a good that's a decent job. If you wanted to like learn how to cowboy, it's kind of like wheat pasture. Like wheat pasture cattle, you're going to do a lot of rope. Oh, you're going to cowboy. Feedlots, <laughs> like yeah. you're going to do a lot of sorting. You're going to ride through pens. You yep. learn how to identify or you work on, you know, um, on a processing crew. You learn all that. Well, like I experienced it at age of 14 on the graveyard shift. We processed cattle all night. I'm 14 years old. So like my... In the back of my head, the mental model I have of a feedlot for me is just like literally like, ugh. <laughs> you know, but it's a good and same thing with production. You know, it's yeah. just like from my life experience, those are two things I'd rather not do, but they are like super valuable parts of the industry, you know, Absolutely. that somebody else Essential. might love if they don't have the same anyhow. Um Yeah, Dalen, now you raised you raised bulls. Yeah, well I, I got more commercial cattle now but i did raise some bulls and like that's kind of like i would i went to drome davis's a lot of his schools and you know going down there and hanging out with drome tiffany like i always love bucking bulls and um which i 
I still raised a couple, but not near as many because they got out last year, and I just got tired of it because I wasn't there. And yeah. Somebody else had to chase them in at two in the morning, and um, but kind of that's. Uh, so I took a, a bull to the PBR finals twice, uh, nice. Roman, and that was kind of a big eye opener wow. for me, being yeah. from the Northeast, like not seeing a lot of these guys, um, and then going and being behind the buck and shoots and kind of seeing what they did before, right. Um, so that was pretty cool. That's so, a that's the thing. I mean, like like you, it, it's a lot like how you grew up. He's seen every part of this, yeah. every part of it. <clears throat> so one of the parts, and like uh, bareback ride. So you you didn't just kind of ride bareback courses. Like you you like you went to some pro rodeos and some big ones, right? Like you got on like some you got on some stout bareback horses it wasn't just a hobby for you right is that true yeah like my last pro rodeo was was reno uh well reno short round was my last one that i entered just because i wasn't getting up right and and it was a good thing i quit entering after that one because i just that horse jerked the heck out of me when he when he says he wasn't getting up right um what he's talking about he's not talking about his actual riding in the prca it's really tough to enter multiple events. Matter of fact, when you know you can buddy, so you can have a four-man buddy group. So if four people want to ride bulls together, they can all buddy. And if you ask for Saturday night, they may not give you Saturday night, but they're going to move all four of you to Friday night. So at least you're still going together. Well, if you're going to enter, if one of those four is going to enter a, a second event, you can't you can't buddy with four people. You can only buddy with one other person. So if Dalen was going to enter bears and bulls, he could. He could buddy with someone, but only one somebody. And so it would be like the guy could either ride bears or bulls, or you could both ride them both together, but it'd be like then you cross event buddy. And or and you and you also would have to cross event buddy with yeah, yourself. There's, there's a lot to it. <laughs> there's a lot to it. But yeah. and and it's tricky for them too because it's an automated program. They're doing it at random. That way it's, you know, that way it's not biased and they're not, you know, people don't get mad. But essentially they're trying to put, you know, this algorithm together to where mm-hmm. people spread the, the numbers out. Cause if 47 people ask for Saturday and three ask for Friday, well, they can't put 47 out yep. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So they're going to put 15 out on Saturday. Some of those will get drawn out and they'll put 15 on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so what Dalen's saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as he's trying to make the NFR yeah. in the bull riding, his bareback riding, is getting you put out on different nights of the rodeos. And now all of a sudden you can't go to other ones. You're doubled up. Were you traveling with someone? Um, I traveled kind of a couple of different people until like later in the year, I started traveling with JC Mortensen, uh-huh. which he did. He did. We both did bareback riding and bull riding when we planned to travel together, but then it wasn't, we both quit riding barebacks and just focused on the bull run. Um, so I got on bareback horses for a little bit. I don't like to call myself a bareback rider, but um, Tilden and Casey gave me permission to call myself a bareback rider because I got on a medicine woman oh, yeah. in a bareback rigging. I got on uh, cool water, which is like a eliminator. Um, but one thing I learned about after I got on a bareback horse if I was going to get on a bronc and a bull at that same rodeo, like, after, I mean, as soon as my feet hit the ground, 
uh, after this bareback ride, I would have this sense of relief, like, whew, that, the hard part's over. Now I can have fun. Yes. And it, it, it made me ride better in the other events. Did you have any sort of, can you speak to that? Yeah, no, I kind of think I do because bareback riding was kind of like a warm-up for the bull riding. Or in like, it was, if I was riding Bronx at a high school or a college rodeo, like, then it became kind of a, like a workout because everything's run right close together and um, stuff. It's really loud. Sorry. <laughs> I swear to God, he's right behind us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to come through the wall. I'm so sorry, everybody. We started construction months ago, and this morning they decided to finally start. We got a world champion here. I know. I know. Thanks. Hey. Donnie, <laughs> could you maybe just ask them or tell them like that we're doing a podcast and maybe just like for like 30 minutes just not hammer on this wall? <laughs> Literally <laughs> the wall behind us. Yeah. <laughs> just tell them like 30, 40 minutes. Nice. Like you can feel it through the floor. Yeah. And, and <laughs> remind them they've had three months. My listeners, I, I promise like my listeners have a good attitude about it because our audio for the first 50 <laughs> podcasts sucked (laughs) it sounded like i mean like it sounded like it was in a tin can um yeah the first podcast i did with you um it was the two of us and there was nobody else in the room and the cameras went dark halfway through we didn't know so he second half of the podcast when he posts it is just a picture of me and then a picture of him (laughs) picture of me and picture of him yeah (laughs) for 30 minutes (laughs) a little rough (laughs) <laughs> Who was it that was in here? Oh, Derek Kobaba and Chase Outlaw did a podcast with them. Quit recording. Yeah, had that to, was ha, had to use the, the camera audio. That was still in the other podcast room. William Clark Green, quit recording. This is terrible. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Donnie's going to help us out. So the bareback riding for yes. you was a uh, warm-up. Warm-up. Um. Did you, like, how did you feel about it? Did you love it, bareback riding? I liked it when I got on, like, a nice horse, but, I mean, it just kind of got, like, um, I think it kind of helped me, like, I was always really moving my feet really good and everything, but on the, some of them bulls, like, I'd, I don't know, like, kind of get, like, I wouldn't say spur happy, but I wasn't controlling it. And so then, like, probably my second year in pbr that's when i really started had to control it because those bulls were getting so powerful they were just like if i'd give them a little bit they'd take a lot more than i was giving them yeah and so that kind of and i think if i would have just sharpened my bareback riding up a little bit i think it would have been good and maybe someday i'll crack back out but (laughs) for the right now i don't see it happening yeah (laughs) maybe when you retire from the pbr (laughs) that was quitting riding bareback horses for me was which people have on this podcast have heard me tell that story a bunch like but it's the exact same thing like I loved the hoppers yeah I loved them yeah you know it felt great but I did not enjoy the the um the eliminators and I think to be successful at an event you you have to be passionate about all aspects of it you can't dread getting on half the stock you know what I mean and so bronc riding and bull riding like those eliminators, they did. I didn't have that same dread, you know. Like, I, I was, I welcomed the challenge of it. But a, an eliminator bareback, 
fear is what came <laughs> over me personally. Um, so you had a big year where you made every finals, right? Like every, like pretty much any finals that was in, it was the NFR, the Canada, the CN, you know, Canada finals, yeah, the college finals and the PBR world finals, right? Yeah. Like, did you have to just ride? Like, did you, how many, did you get on like 200 head? I got on a bunch. I don't know how many it was, but it was, it was definitely a bunch. <laughs> and I was getting on barebacks and Bronx and like in the beginning of it, uh, like at the, at the college rodeos and then a little bit up until Reno and the bareback riding. But it was definitely a lot of bulls. That's a lot of bulls. Yeah. So you're getting yeah, on multiple. Because some of those PBR events, you have to get on like sometimes up to four yeah. that weekend, right? Yeah. 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 He's like a baseball player. He's out there every day, but he's on a bull. So <laughs> I think it's, it's a little different. That's like a super professional mindset. Like for you to have to make that audible, I'm going to stop getting on bareback. I mean, it, it just absolutely paid off. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going, I want to make the NFR, which you did. I want to make the PBR World Finals. You not only did that, but you're a world champ. Well, and you think about, you know, if you want to be good at anything, what do you got to do? You got to do it. Yeah. A lot. A lot. And you'll get better. Got to obsess about over it. Even if you stink at it, if you keep doing it, you you got to get better. Can you speak to that? Like what it takes to be successful in bull riding as far as like being all in? Yeah, like, like a lot, like right in the shoot is like, with John's, like, I don't like spots, which I'm not saying anything about, but, like, that's where I want to take the fight to him is right in there. And, like, if I'm letting somebody just help me out and, like, I feel like I got them, which some bulls I do get a spot if I know he's bad in there, but the majority of them I just would rather just do it. Like, that's where I want to take control of the situation right from the get-go so I can hit. That's the one spot that I can control everything that I'm doing mm. out wow. there. I freaking love that. Right? Oh my gosh, I love that. I know. Uh, we got to put that, that gave, on a that t-shirt. That gave me chill bumps. I, seriously, me that too. gave me chill bumps. I, we got to put that on a t-shirt. Continue, <laughs> continue. But that like, was, I, that I, was I'm, well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not good at talking, but I'm trying to be. No, that's excellent. Yeah, but I just feel like a lot of people have fear right in there, and then they, there's no way you can have fear right there and then continue to be successful once they turn out. You know, so like. That's just, I think the main start is right there. And and even for me, sometimes, like, if I take a little long in there, you know, then you're going to see it out there. Yep. So. Man. So you, you get in that, that's your moment. Yeah. Like, you get in, this is where it's all me. Does the crowd go away? Everybody, and it's like, it's just me and this bullet. I'm owning this moment. Yeah, for sure. And, like, if somebody touches me, like, which I'm not a rude guy or anything, but I'll get, like, I don't like to be touched, like, if somebody's touching me right here, that's not going to do anything besides just bother me. I don't like people You're touch. You're completely <laughs> focused. Yeah. Wow. So this last weekend was Memorial Day weekend. I went over to uh, Decatur, the NRS, and did the uh, kind of helped promote the Danny Dietz Memorial. Danny Dietz was one of the Navy SEALs um, on the mountain with Marcus, and he he passed away, and so they do this memorial. Well, there's a couple other seals. There's there's a bunch of seals that come, uh, and got to meet a couple of them. DJ Shipley, um, and he uh, 
He's still Team Six, for, formerly still Team Six, which is like, you know, the baddest of the band. Yeah, you know, the same still Team Six is who took out Osama bin Laden. Right. was on the Captain Phillips um, yep. rescue, and we we uh, they did a, a little rodeo with it. And uh, Colin Pickett, it was a permit deal. Colin Pickett brought some bulls, brought some some bareback horses. It was just bears and bulls, but um, horses were were just kind of some hoppers for these young guys and then bulls were just good and we're back there behind the shoots and marcus is up there and um there's a few other seals and then dj is like locked in he is recording every moment of every bull ride he's putting them in slow motion and he is just entranced with this and afterwards i talked to him about it and we were and he was talking about the similarities between them like Navy SEALs going on like a mission. And he was like, we know, and these helicopter pilots, they know like we're th- three minutes away from target, you know, or we're five, we're four, we're three minutes, you know, we're 30 seconds out. And he's like, we know as soon as we get there, we're going to be met with gunfire. Like there will be a fight. It's not like they're getting prepared and maybe something will happen, maybe it won't. Nine times out of ten, they know the target, the enemy is there, and they're going to get shot at. And he said, "It's the same thing with you guys. Like, you've got this procedure you're going through, and you absolutely yep. know when the gate opens, you're going to yes. be met with a fight. Yes. Matter of fact, if they don't fight, we get another one. Yeah. A rewrite. <laughs> to you know, like, all right, this one didn't fight enough, so yeah. you're going to get another one. And so <laughs> the anticipation, you know, the 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 workup." And it was really powerful for us because I had talked to the interns about shoot procedure and how they need to have like the same shoot procedure each time to get ready, to get their mind ready Yeah. that way. And if they, if, because in their first 20, 30 bulls, you don't, you're messing up. You got a different shoot procedure here and there. Like you're doing different things. Well, now all of a sudden you're worried about your shoot procedure and you're not thinking about the fight. Well, when you're where Dalen's at, you've been doing it for 15 years. Well, you got a pretty good shoot procedure. You don't have to worry about your shoot procedure. You're thinking about the fight. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So what in psychology, they, this is, he's describing what they call a flow state. When you are so in tune with the moment and your central nervous system is so uh, dialed in to focus on what's happening, you can hear, almost hear your breath, your heartbeat. And you, you know, I, what I want to ask is, is this something that came to you when you were growing up and you realized you could focus like this, or is this something you developed later in your life as a professional when you started dialing things in? That was did my you, did exact you have question. that feeling? I was going to ask the same thing. Early on. Yeah, I think kind of like you were saying at the, at the rodeos, you were, you were always busy working and riding, and I feel like I was kind of the same way, so my mind was never thinking there. So then when I quit working at the rodeos and I was just riding, I had to figure out, I had to have a routine because I wasn't just running back and forth. There was a lot right. more time for thinking, thoughts going in my head. So that's when I started having to make a routine. And like when I pack my bag, I can explain how my bag's packed. Like everything is always the same, you know, with a couple little variables in there. Right. Um, but like my warm up's the same everything's the same how i get ready it's all kind of in the same time frame and and i think it's because i'm trying i'm leading my body up to getting ready to get on that bull and it and it knows that as we get closer as my steps get there i guess 
Yeah, I was talking to one of the interns. Like they were talking, we were talking about how like at some point, and I remember early on, like felt like everything had to be just absolutely perfect leading up to, you know, like um, before I started taking energy drinks, for instance, like I thought I had to have a nap because I'm like, I'm not like super overly energetic by nature, you know, like, and so I'd be like, hey, you're a little I dull. felt like before I would, and I wasn't drinking any caffeine throughout the day. So I would ride better if I had a, a nap in the afternoon, you know? And, um, and so I got to where like, man, I, I got to have this nap. Otherwise I'm not going to ride good. And then, uh, eventually I learned like, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, like you can be tired. If you've got the right mindset, you could have not slept for two days. You could be sore. You could have a broken ankle. If you're, if you got control of your mind, your mind has control of your body. Yeah, and he brought up a point. You brought up a point. You were talking about how when you have the extra time and your your mind can go places. Yeah. And that happens to people in a, um, where you get that distraction because you're you're allowing it, but you're not allowing it. You're like, "No, I'm I'm going to I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back here to the moment and be ready for this fight because you can't control everything. You can't control the gate, can't control the bull crowd whatever but you control dalen yeah and so that's what you focus on and, yeah and not get hung up on the other stuff so you can't control the rest of the stuff but you it sounds like you know that and so you focus on what you can control like you're talking about your rigging bag being in a certain order and everything that you have under your control yeah like one of the bulls <coughs> at the pbr finals just like a couple weeks ago um he was kind of moving around in there. I don't know if somebody started working that slide. Well, that somehow the slide got all the way open. And luckily, I didn't have my hand all the way in and I wasn't tied in yet. So I could pull out real quick. But it kind of got me worked up for a second. And then I got to, had to bring, come back down and then go back at him at the, in the beginning. But yeah, so how'd you do that in that? So I kind of, my kind of just got elevated for a little bit. And I was like, all right, I just got to come back down and <laughs> get so you, my. You talk your way through it. Yeah, I just had to like. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I did on that yeah. time because it everything was happening so quick. Literally, that bull was in the middle shoot, and whoever somebody rolled them to the next shoot. Well, because it'd be real easy to say, "Oh, this isn't fair." Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you know, I just got robbed, and 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 feel bad for yourself, and and start down that path. But you didn't have time for that. Yeah, yeah, and there was um, <coughs> which two of the bulls at the finals I wasn't supposed to actually have. The one got hurt, and then the other one didn't get on the trailer or wasn't there or something. Um, so I had a different bull. And so you just can't think about that. Like everything works out. Right. There's a reason for everything, you know? Right. Yeah. So you were talking about the fight starting early. Um, hey, will you tell everybody out there to be quiet now? <laughs> um, you talk Who's in charge? Yeah. <laughs> thought he was in charge. <laughs> you talked about the fight starting, you know, in the shoot. And um, I feel like if, you know, like when a horse mashes me, for instance, you know, like I, I, it just pumps me up. You know, like I watch this. There's a, a documentary, documentary. Is that the, yeah. documentary? Documentary. Kind of deal. It's called Moon of the Desperados. <laughs> it was uh, like Jordy Thompson actually made it. It's got Leon Coffey and, and Gary LaFew. It was back in the day. It was in Calgary. They did a few interviews, but they, they had these little sequences where they were, like, showing some rides. And it was different angles at Calgary. And uh, Leon's fighting bulls. And 
it, some of the old timers, if I watch it with them, they can pick out all these random guys that like might have been like 24th in the world at the time, but like had you know we're just anyway. It's it's really neat to watch and it's super neat to watch with an old timer. But there's this one shot of this bareback rider getting smashed. I mean like you can barely see him in the corner of this shoot as this horse rears out. And then as he jumps forward, he still reaches up and gets his mark out yeah. and obviously gets a free roll. We, you know, the mark out rule is the first jump, but if you get mashed in the process, the, the judges will say, go ahead really loud. And uh, that means you get a free roll. You don't have to have your mark out. Well, th it doesn't phase this guy. And I remember watching it as a kid and my old man explaining that to me. And uh, just the level of fight in his head, like, you know, it just didn't matter. And and I've always admired that about guys. That's why whenever you said that about not wanting a spot and because the fight's already started, like, that's just, that's just. You know we're uh, That's another <coughs> mentality. That's a, that's a SEAL Team 6 kind of mentality, you know. Mm -hmm. And like, you know this is a teaching moment because he's talking about it as we're being interrupted by your construction crew and your t-shirt crew and we've got to get back on track and focus <laughs> yeah right yeah. so we're we're all learning together right now <laughs> tell us about the finals <laughs> the the pbr world finals yeah um how many bulls do you have to get on uh eight i got an eight i gotta ask or i got a nine <laughs> i gotta run re right in the beginning i gotta ask real quick was it different being in fort worth yeah it was definitely different um you know you didn't walk down to your hotel and small, you know, the, the casinos and everything like that. So it was a lot different, but, um, I felt like it was like, it didn't like last time when it was here, like in at the Cowboy stadium, uh, it kind of felt like it was just kind of temporary kind of deal. But this, like, I yeah. felt like it felt like it was kind of like a home. Like Fans a, came back yeah. this year. Yeah. Yep. I felt like it was good. Do you feel like it kept you more like focused, not being in Vegas, like with all the casino and the distractions like could you i mean i know there's like party spots in fort worth yeah like where no, are they? i wouldn't say huh <laughs> yeah where, where are, are they like in the stockyards <laughs> like you could go to the stockyards i guess yeah. if you wanted you know like there are places to go i guess yeah no like i during that i, I just kept my routines all the same and everything but <laughs> i wouldn't say that it was more distractions less distractions or anything but i just felt like it felt good uh like felt like there was a lot of energy in the building i felt like and maybe that was just me i was maybe i was just all pumped up but <laughs> well that could be part of it yeah you came in at sit number two correct number two in the world uh start at the beginning of the finals no i think i come in first then we left the then i lost it and then came the yeah. second week i came back first because i got it i was come the velocity finals i was coming in second Oh, okay. At the Did okay at the velocity finals, and then that moving back up. Gotcha, first. gotcha. Yeah. So, what was it like performing under that kind of pressure those last few bulls? Yeah, that was like the biggest pressure situation I've ever been in, you know. And, um, you know, I knew I had to make every bull count, and then that first bull, I really, I let him get away from me um, on that re-ride bull. Uh, but then, like, I drafted good bulls, um, and then that last bull, uh, I'm legit too. Like, I don't know, we kind of have a really good history. It's pretty cool. Like, he was the first bull that I was ever, like, really high up. Like, I was 90, 91 on him the first time I got on him and won 15-15 uh, um, on him. And 
then rode him earlier this year for 93 and a quarter or something. Like, yeah, I think I have my highest score on him. And then I also won. Like, that was kind of like my last ride of the to win uh, to win the world. So Dang. That's a cool moment. Yeah. Right? That's especially, like, being a bucker and, like, it's almost like the way you would want it. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm – for – it would be neat to be winning it way ahead and you know that you could – but that's a cool – Yeah, no pressure. It's like – But he did. When you're watching the Super Bowl, it's pretty exciting to watch when they win in the last four seconds. <laughs> you know, it may not be yeah. as fun for Tom Brady, but it's fun <laughs> to watch. Um, yeah. So that's super exciting. What was – Give us like just your elevator pitch on what it was like, the difference between PBR World Finals and the NFR. Yeah. They're kind of like two different deals. Like I love both of them. Um, I just don't like all the traveling that it takes to make the NFR. But like, right. you know, when you go in, when you're riding that horse and you're going in that grand entry, it's just like there's so much energy in that building. It's like. Like, you get excited, you know, them horses, them horses are all probably really broke out anywhere else you ride them, but in there, you know, we're all pumped up, and them horses can feel it, and, you know, like, uh, so I, st- I switched horses, like, midway through the NFR. Kobe Radley got hurt, and he was riding a really good horse, and so I, and I knew that horse, they'd still bring it every day. Well, I rode it, I think, three times. I don't know if he came back and rode in the later rounds or not, but um, just the energy there is, like, you know, the NFR, like, I, the PBR finals in Vegas and the NFR in Vegas, like, uh, for the PBR finals, not many fans, like, there's fans there, but, and they all know you and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, NFR, they, none of the fans, like, I went to a luncheon with Cavenders, and she, the one, like, we're at a luncheon, and she's like, Oh, you're here for the junior NFR? Like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, like they just don't know, but <laughs> must be this tall to ride the ride. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that was like not that long ago. Yeah, I know. And maybe you need to get like a little mustache going yeah. or something. Yeah, I think it just makes me look, it does make me look a little older. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just can't grow it as thick as yeah. nice on the sides yeah. here, you know? Yeah. Um so um <laughs> man, you're a world champ. It's twenty twenty two and it is early June. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> what are you gonna know, do right? the rest what? of the year? <laughs> well he got drafted for the team deal. Right. Let's right? talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm on the um so I'm on the uh Carolina Cowboys, uh-huh. um, which I'm pretty excited about that. I was the first draft. I was the first trade of the PBR draft, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Number but, three pick for the Texas Rattlers, yeah. which then got ra- later traded for the Carolina Cowboys. Yeah, me and Mason Taylor got traded uh, for Joao and Cody Jesus. Um, that's pretty cool to be the first trade and you know in the, ever to the yeah. draft, and then, um, but. I think we got a really good team. Um, we went to uh, – we actually spent the w- last weekend in Charlotte at the race, and that was pretty cool to kind of see the race down in the pits. Um, Austin Dillon's our uh, uh, general manager, and then uh, Jerome is the coach. And um, I know Jerome has helped me immensely in my career, and I think it's just going to get better. And it works out good because I've already worked with him pretty much my whole life. So. Right. 
Yeah, when did you first start working the drum? Uh, I can't remember. I I know I've been to like three or four school, three, a bunch of schools for them, and I always call them. You know, um, if I'm ever kind of just in a slump, like I feel like if I talk to drum, like it just kind of lifts me up a little oh, bit. Man. You know, um, there's nothing like having drum around. I I swear I don't complain about anything when drums around. Yeah. He's the most one of the most motivating people I I get to spend time with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, f- yeah, his his attitude. Yeah, his with everything, the way he. Um, how many teams are there? Uh, eight teams, seven seven man rosters, and then there's a practice squad, and then there's like five. Five will be like the actual game. So we have at the table. Maybe were you the only girl? That was, yeah, that had declared for the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, uh, did you know Jordan back in North Carolina any? Uh-uh, no. Y'all didn't see each other around no. much? I didn't start riding until I was 17, so you, just, gotcha. you were probably up in New York. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I see. Um, so you went to, what was it called, the, the Combine? Mm-hmm, in Playblo. They did, like, uh, I think it was three or four days. They did, like, some testing, like, mental testing, physical testing, and then we got on a bull. Um, but, yeah, I rode, rode my bull out there, which I was kind of surprised about. Because he bucked. Yeah, he was pretty good. Why were you surprised? <laughs> I yeah. Know. I don't know. Cause, well, I guess it's because, like. Who, who knew they would buck? Yeah. Yeah, well, because, like, I mean, really up until that point, after, like, having my knee surgery this oh, past that's year, right. like, I hadn't really been on anything, like, yeah. since then. Like, because this time last year I had just had. Maybe the first – no, I hadn't even had the first knee surgery yet because yeah. I broke my arm getting bucked off that horse. Surgery on that. Yeah, yeah I had to have surgery on that. There's been – you know, uh, have you had more than me in the last How many surgeries years? have you had, Jordan? <laughs> Total? Total. I think surgery. 12. 12 surgeries. <laughs> How many surgeries have you had, Dalen? I don't think 12. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. So, yeah, so I rode my bull, which I was kind of surprised about because, like, I hadn't been getting mm. on, but, like – jump kickers at that point the first like so i came back i had tore my knee up acl mcl meniscus all that fun stuff twice this was my second time that's pretty much everything that's in there yeah Yeah. well you got your pcl and your lcl i left those ones alone (laughs) okay (laughs) jordan's like there's a couple more and they're a couple good ones they're good they're (laughs) strong so i had like the first i think 12 (laughs) or 15 bulls i'd gotten on after like coming back I got on only in tennis shoes because I was too afraid to use my spurs, like, to pull on my knee. So, like, I mean, they were just little jump kickers. So, yeah. like, I really hadn't been on much before going to that. And then I went, and I actually had a coaches meeting with um, Oklahoma Freedom. And they were like, you probably just should, like, declare. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. So I did. but. Um. So did you go to the draft mm-hmm. they had? Yeah, or? I went because um, – one of the guys that's helped me, Vinny, was out there, so I went and hung out with him. Wanted to see it. I mean, why not go? Um, there were. So, what are the guys that didn't get picked? What are they going to do the second mm-hmm. half of the season? Yeah. So there's like touring pros and like velocities, but they're called like challenge the challenger tours, and they can go to them. I just don't think they have like they don't have priority. To get into them um so like the 
the five guys, they don't have to go to them. And then the there's a seven, eight, and then there's a three-man practice squad. So there's five guys on the team that the coach could send there to kind of work their way to getting on the team. Um, gotcha. And there'll be a finals for that. And there, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of bull riding well, to too, go with, to. with the team stuff, like – didn't they say like the rosters like they can change their rosters like Tuesday up like the Tuesday before the event so like they could bump up practice riders and stuff like that pretty regularly. Yeah, I think so. I think um they can't be they can't change until they've went to two events or something like right. that. Mm-hmm. Um but once they go to two events they can change practice guys can move up and to be like starters for the next event. Yeah. And- where and when is the team finals? What do they call it? Um, the team finals is in Vegas. I oh, it's in it's, Vegas. Yeah, in November. Yeah, it's the first weekend in November. Oh, I thought I didn't. I, th- I thought that was in Texas also. Yeah, uh-huh. I missed that myself. Huh. So, <coughs> I'm I'm assuming as a young uh, bull rider, rodeo cowboy in North Carolina. Uh, Watching JB was was that pretty influential for you? Oh yeah, for sure. And um, one time at Circle K, I you know I got on this. It was at the time the biggest bull I've been on, and he jerked me down. Face mask came off my helmet, uh, and JB was there. You know, so it's kind of it's it's cool. You know, <laughs> I didn't do very good, but I still got to see him talk to him. Um, but, so yeah. what was it like seeing and talk to him then and then? Have you have you been around him at? I guess you would have maybe been around him at rodeos. Did you get to be around him at event at PBR events? Yeah, when I first started going to the PBRs, he was going. Once he started rodeoing, I wasn't I wasn't rodeoing anymore, really. Uh, but we've I've kind of been around him here and there. Uh, I went and hung out hung out with him, and because uh, he was like. When they did the team deal, like when the COVID hit and the PBR did the team deal in Vegas, he was, I don't know, our, he was our coach. And yeah. so me and Andrew went down there and hung out with him. And um, so it was really cool. And then you got on some of his, did you, maybe practice bulls or something? Didn't you go over there? Yeah, it wasn't his practice bulls, but it was somewhere down. He was there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember I was talking to him one day and he was, he was saying you were there. Yeah. Um, Where was this? I don't remember. I just remember him talking about it. It was like maybe a, a year ago or something. Yeah. Somewhere around Stephenville. Yeah. No, oh, okay. it was in uh, Altus or somewhere way down there. And, um, he was driving. I just remember him talking okay. about Dalen. Um, cool. So that was probably pretty pretty neat to watch him growing up. There was something I was going to ask you about that. Did you ever see him at stands? Is he still going to stands a lot when he he was there a couple times like when I was younger and I would watch him, um, but I kind of don't have suit. But I I remember one of his bull rides, but that's the only one I remember. There. Did Jerome make you uh, weed eat like he did with JB? Uh, no, I didn't JB do no weed. <laughs> he had to weed eat the whole thing before Jerome's rodeo, and then he gave him a hat. <laughs> <laughs> remember that story when we play, you guys were playing cards? No. I was weed eating all day long. And he said, go on in there and get you a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like a cowboy hat or anything. No. Yeah, well, out of the gift shop. Uh, <laughs> do you get on a lot of practice bulls? 
I don't really get on a bunch of practice bulls. Uh, I feel like in these last couple of months, I've rode a lot more horses, um, been riding more bareback and just riding horses in general more. Um, and I feel like that's kind of helping me. And I'll get on some practice bulls when I'm in, like, when I need to, you know. Um, but I just, I'm, I feel like if we're going to get on a bull, we might as well go to a rodeo or something so the, and get paid for it. It helps you get tuned up for the bulls, the the bareback? Just riding uh, horses bareback, just like, just the way they're moving underneath, you know. I don't think he's talking about with a rigging. No, I'm not no. talking with a rigging. Oh, but just it's part of his his overall, you know, how he prepares right, right. over the year. So you, I mean, you mix it up. Yeah, like just kind of like I feel like, you know, just the way you can feel that animal, that horse moving underneath right. you is a big deal. And um, that bull that I took to the PBR finals, I can actually just go and hop on him. So I go out and sit on him every now and then, and I mean it's a big difference from a horse to a bull, um, but just kind of the way they move and stuff. He's that gentle. He's pretty. He's pretty gentle. You now. just jump on him in the pen. Yeah, he. That's he, cool. You kind of got to pet him sometimes. If you don't get to petting him, yeah. then he'll kind of start moving. And yeah, uh, the biggest deal is when he starts throwing his head back. Like yeah. he's got some power. He's probably just trying to get the flies off. But I know, <laughs> I know it's. Fly. I know it's probably. Yeah, yeah I'm a big yeah. fly. We had uh, 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 one of Randy's bulls, his family, they raised him. Um, what was that bull out of? Playboy or something like that? I don't, Who de- I don't remember. Had some pretty bad of the bone, you know, lineage. But anyhow, we called him Baxter, and he uh, he was super gentle like that. He was just too gentle. Like, he was playful, you know, and he would kind of come after you a little bit. Like, like he would want to play a little <laughs> But you can sit on his back, but he got to, we did it so much, he got to where he would kind of start jumping around at the end. But he was pretty fun. And then he would, he would, he would buck. Um, you think he could sit on him. Tony? Maybe. He's pretty gentle now. Tony is maybe the best practice bull. <laughs> I know he's the best practice bull I've ever owned. Yeah, he's pretty I don't cool. know if you've seen videos of this. It's a little muley tiger stripe that we call Tony the tiger, but he, uh, He's a pretty – he's going to make bull riders out of these interns for sure. I got a, I got a horse like that coming too. The practice horses are a lot harder to find, you know. Oh, yeah. I was explaining it to one of the interns last night um, because, uh, you know, a lot of those horses, whenever they are um, – whenever they're a weaker bucking horse, they still run. Mm. And so they're going yeah. fast. They're high off the ground. And, yeah, they may not buck that hard but they're going to run. Um, so it's hard to find a weak horse that will buck slow. You know, and when you do, they're priceless for, for a guy starting out. And so we've got right. one. Uh, it's uh, Her name is Golden Gun and a Stay Smith horse. And I've been on two of her, you know, half brothers and sisters, Hammer Cocked and Grab Your Gun. And they're great bucking horses. Um, bought this one from... Toby Collins, he's an Australian bull rider. Yeah. And uh, he, he's actually getting better at bull riding, kind of like you. He kind of is slowing down his horse riding, so he sold me this practice horse. The first day, not even been here 12 hours. I was wondering why Jordan was laughing when he told the story. cuts her <laughs> yeah. butt open on, like, the one T-post I have on this whole place. Oh I have almost God. eradicated the, where the, the horses live. Yeah. I've almost eradicated the T-post. But she finds this one and on does it. Oh. sit on it. I mean, cuts her butt open. 
So she's oh out God. for a month. It'll probably be around 4th of July before she's ready to go. But um, She had stitches, but mm. she had tore the bottom half of them, so it wasn't healing down. So we actually just cut off the flap yesterday. The vet came out, cut the flap off. Jordan has like a, she's got a little text group with like, Salt Creek Animal Vet Clinic, and like <laughs> she knows all the vets there. Dollar got bit by a rattlesnake twice, almost died. Yeah, she saved that. his life. You I saved got, you saved Dollar. Oh yeah. Man. Oh yeah, and he's thriving. Yeah. Not only is he like lived through this like getting bit by a rattlesnake twice, but this mother trucker will run away from you now. Like his, he's just happy. Like thanks to Total Feeds, yeah. he's gonna live till he's forty-five. Darn yeah. right. This dang old man won't yeah, <laughs> send he, a thank uh, you note to my dad. Won't kick the bucket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have this horse dollar. He's like my oldest horse. I got him when he was two and I was fourteen. And so it was like the first horse I trained. Took him to Craig Cameron's, learned how to train horses while I was training this horse. I do not suggest learning to train horses like that. <laughs> but that's what I did. Probably when he was like four, maybe five, just showed up one day lame and has been lame ever since. So long freaking time I've had this horse, just been feeding him. Yeah. Um, that's why I like when people talk about how we don't care about our animals, I just shake my head. I don't want to explain the story about Dollar, but like I would have sent this rascal to Mexico a long time ago if I don't care about animals. But no, no that's total feeds. He's going to keep him alive till he's 60. <laughs> yeah. he's I was going to say that's how you and I got together because you cared so much for your animals. It wasn't you found us. I was given. I started feeding total feeds not because of dollar, no, no. offense, dollar, but because of Boone, <laughs> who uh, he's now twenty two, mm-hmm. but at the time he was fifteen, um, and I had a horse get crippled. I was doctoring yearlings here, had a horse get crippled, and like on big days, I need two horses, and so I was down to just Boone. Mm-hmm. Boone could not handle a full day of roping yearlings. I mean, three yearlings, and he's done. Partly because it takes me eight loops per calf. <laughs> yes. So, but regardless, <laughs> can't get the job done on Boone. And a job like that, you can't do it afoot. And so um, I had to switch Boone's feed because he was in the rotation, you know. And I switched him over to total feeds, and it, it just made an absolute game changer of the horse and he's still oh he's a great horse we i picked up on him like two days ago he's still if there's any any horse that's worth saving it's boone yeah boone yeah he's 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 the poster child of of total feeds at least for us around this outfit so right yeah they all look really good right now too oh my gosh (laughs) and then dollar we had him in a corner pin behind the round pin Mm -hmm. and my round pin is solid cedar stays and so I didn't really go back there for Might a be little the smallest while. round pin I've ever seen. Forty foot. I'm just <laughs> it's forty foot. A little snug. Joe <laughs> is kind of in charge of the feed program. And I go back there and Dollar looks like a tank. <laughs> I'm telling you, like he looks like one of the bucking horses. Yeah. And I was like, what is well, I've been feeding him like fifteen pounds. <laughs> because he doesn't winter well. And so mm-hmm. I told her I was like, and he doesn't have any teeth. So there's no point in turning him out. Right. And, you know, like he, he's not, he's just going to drop the grass. So you might as well keep him in the pen. Yep. Well, with total feeds, you can do eight pounds and then you don't have to feed hay. Yep. Or if you want him to gain weight, you can go more yeah, than Dalen's that. Dalen's nodding. He knows this. Oh, yeah. His mom was a dealer. So. In New York. 
I tell Joe, and then I forgot I told Joe. Well, she didn't back off because I told her. So, like, <laughs> this dude looks like a like he's ready to pull bulls out of the arena with Derek yeah. Begay on his back. <laughs> yeah, he looked really good. So, anyways, we scaled him back down to eight pounds. But um, you've been feeding it, Dalen? Yeah, I've just been um, just feeding it to them couple bulls that I got. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty effective. JB feeds it. Yeah. Are those yeah, your only feed. two bull riders? We met. Or um, three? Me, Dalen, JB. That's a pretty good lineup. Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> solid lineup. Well, and Jerome. Jerome. That's Jerome right. Jerome Davis. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. Yeah, so so Dalen's my third world official world champion bull rider. But I um it was your mom. She was a dealer. Yeah. In New York. <clears throat> Came to the NFR with you, uh, I don't know, four four years ago maybe. Uh yeah, and yeah, and and showed up at the booth. We don't when we love that. That's what you know. We've got the booth there. We love it when the dealers they come from all over the NFR and they come to meet uh, Dad. And she was excited to meet Dad and um, had two boys, you and her brother. Yeah. And my dad got all excited and, and she's telling him about uh, these boys and they're like, "Well, I want to do an interview with Dalen." And Dalen pushes his brother <laughs> from him, like, "Maybe you should talk to my brother instead." <laughs> He wouldn't. He wouldn't do the interview with my dad. Oh, you're you were nervous about it. He's he's come a long way. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I think I did end up doing it, but I'm not the best with talking. <laughs> but I've gotten a lot better. If you, uh, you've done great here. Like I think you're the only one that thinks you're not great at it because like we would have had you not said oh, that, it would have yeah. never crossed our minds. Yeah. I know that. I, that's why I'm bringing up the story now. After we. <laughs> talked yeah. for if he was actually not good at talking you wouldn't have brought that up no <laughs> no no and if i would have said it in the beginning it'd be like oh yeah, it would have shut me down for the whole day <laughs> you guys got to do a lot of pr for pbr huh yeah 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 like mandatory. Have you out doing doing this stuff yeah doing a little bit um just kind of depends like new york i always do a bunch like in new york city but um, i know the first place i did my interviews um, like it was like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yeah, yeah you're that, not that's sure all, you're right? <laughs> that's all it was. So. Yeah. Yeah, you oh, don't. You're saying it, you were just saying yes and no. Yeah, I got up there on uh, Sunday and um, Matt Wesley come up to me and he said, hey, I'm going to need a little bit more than yes, sir, <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll try. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like Matt can't carry a conversation. He's like, I'm not carrying all of it. Yeah. <laughs> You have to step up, but you know it's just like bull riding or anything else. Your first, your first ten outs aren't aren't your best. Well, <laughs> you get mine better. were pretty good, but for a normal <laughs> man, I understand what you're saying. For a normal person, no, it's like anything else. You know, when we did it, uh, like Dad putting him on TV. Uh, gosh, it's been twelve, fourteen years, but I still have some of those early ones around. They're they're hard to watch. You know. When you get started, my early videos, shooting video, they stink. Yeah. I mean, they do, but you got to get through that. Yeah. You got to get through the rough and, and you get better at everything. So speaking of spokesperson, Jordan, you're kind of the spokesperson for female bull riders. Yeah, I guess. But we did a video, we did a rodeo time. I don't remember the number. You might remember it where it was, it was kind of about you. It was after the Netflix show and it was like, we were and and you made some you made some points about female bull riding like i don't remember all of it i just caught a snippet of it but it made me weren't you listening really 
Well, I don't think he was there when we were filming it. Oh, so you'd have to have gone back and there's watched some. It. You have some frustrations about female bull riding. What are those? Yeah. So like when I first started riding bulls, like I just had kind of done it as like mark it off my bucket list kind of thing. Like just like we didn't, you know, we didn't know anyone else that had done it, and you're, I you're kind of that thrill seeker, like yeah. we were talking about. Yep. Oh yeah, I mean, after I had been doing crazy stuff but like and then when I started riding bulls I started doing even more crazier things but when I first started you know it was just kind of like a bucket list thing and I was like fell off really fast you know less than two seconds and I was like man like I know I can do this longer I'd been riding naughty hunter jumper horses my whole life and so like I just kept going back week after week but like nobody told me to take it slow like if they pointed out a bull like I was getting on it like Mm. I got I mean I got hurt pretty bad like pretty early on and you know like some of the frustrations I have is like like I wanted to ride bulls so bad I just ended up crippling myself faster and like now girls don't want to even like they're not serious about it like they just want to get on like the jump kickers or the steers and be like call themselves bull riders I'm like dude I freaking did it. Like, yeah. I got on stuff that I had no business getting. I mean, even guys my age that were at the same level as me didn't have any business getting on. Like, mm. those were the kind of bulls that I was, you know, first starting to get on. And then, you know, they just don't want to take it serious. Like, they don't want to put the work in. Like, I don't know. It just, it's, it's like frustrating, mm-hmm. which well, it happens in guys too. Yeah, like, it does happen in guys. But, yeah, one of the one of the points you made is that you feel like a lot of girls – that are getting on bulls are doing it for attention and then it gives girl bull riding kind of a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths yeah because then like a lot of times like there was like one rodeo I entered out here in Texas and I drove from North Carolina to Texas to enter this bull riding like I'd called in it was one of those Mm. bulls bands and barrels and I had gotten in as an alternate and I, they were like, you should show up anyway. Well, I had a women's bull ride in the next day. Cause like we had like, we have this like small association. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I'll go hit that show on Saturday. And then on Sunday I'll go to the women's deal and drive home. Right. So I get there and like, I was the third alternate and two people had already called out and I knew a, a third was not coming. Like he had called me and said, Hey, I'm not coming. Like you're going to get in. I was like, all right, cool. So I showed up to this bull riding and they were like yeah so like how old are you and I was like at that time I was 22 and so I was like all right cool you know like over 18 I get to ride and then they're like hold on we got to talk to some people and stuff like that and I was like all right well I sat around this place for an hour waiting for them to tell me that I was in well then they like came up to me like one of the judges came up to me he was like so uh we can't let you ride and I was like, well, why not? And they're like, oh, it's because you're a girl. And I was like, well, what What does that have to do with anything? Like, I could, I've got some videos if you want to see it. Like, mm-hmm. it's whatever, you know? And they're like, no, I think we're just going to. And I was fuming. Oh, <laughs> I was, man, I, I you was, were so mad. I was mad. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I, one of the people from the, them had actually contacted me later. And I guess they had done a show or something like that before Bulls, Bands, and Barrels in Florida. And I guess a girl got hurt mm-hmm. and threw a big fit about it. And so they just kind of like wrote it off. Yeah. Like she got on for attention, like had no business getting on, kind of wrote, and they just kind of wrote it off. Well, then the next day, because I was so mad, 
I had the women's bull ride and, and then I went ahead and open entered the men's open. So like I was like whatever. Like <laughs> wow. there's there's eighteen or there was like seventeen <laughs> or eighteen entered in the men's the next day and I was like, yeah. Well sweet, that'll be a decent payday, like if I ride my both my bulls and Yeah. Ronnie Kitchens was there and he had hauled bulls to that bulls bands and barrels and at the beginning of it he was like man I think them bulls would have been too much for you and I said well to be honest with you I wouldn't have known that because I didn't get to try you know like I'm never I I didn't wasn't going to know that because I didn't even get the opportunity to even to push myself to try it so I rode my bull in the women's I just got on the steer he kind of made like a half round to the right and then ran down the pin well then I got on this uh, it was another steer but he, he bucked like a bull. Like, he turned back right there around the right. So I won the men's open bull riding out of, like, 17 or 18 riders. And Ronnie came up to me after, and he was like, yeah, you probably would have been fine on them bulls because, like, I guess they weren't – I mean, they didn't buck any harder than that. You right. Know? Like, I mean, this bull was good. And so it was just – it you was just a buckle really, too, huh? Yeah, I won I, – yeah, I won that bull riding. I remember reading – seeing a tweet after about that bull riding that said – uh not very many of us covered a bull tonight, but there's one thing for sure is we all got beat by a girl. <laughs> I died laughing. Yeah. It was just, That's, I mean, it's just frustrating. Cause well, like, like yeah. you said, there's even guys that, and I think, I think probably some people, it's hard to watch a girl get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to watch a guy get hurt, yeah. but there's just something See, about it. Flags like, go down deep yeah. down, you know, yeah. that like, if like a, a woman or a child were to get hurt, like it's just like more mm-hmm. unsettling. Mm-hmm. Regardless, though, you're right. I think. I think it's I about think how you a, handle it. Though. And then and then if you're a professional and you're but and and that same rule applies to like guys for me. Like, I was at an event recently and there was a guy there and I had a serious conversation with the stock contractor. Please, can we cripple this man's bull? Like, we got to cripple his bull. He's gonna get hurt. We can't, you should not. And he was like, I agree. And I've already, he was like, I've already talked to the judge about it. I beat you to it. You're <laughs> late to the party. I've already talked to the judge about it and the judge won't let me. And uh, thank goodness he just got launched. I mean, like yeah. second, John, this dude did not He didn't yeah. even, he's there to prove a point. He's just, you know, he's there for attention. Thank the Lord he didn't get hurt. He got launched from here to the, to the wall and, and he was fine, but he could have got hurt, you know, yeah. but. And so that's a conversation I have to have with a lot of interns where it's like, uh, you know, there comes a point. Because I get, when you're starting out, a lot of people, are, they don't know if they're going to like it. Right. They might be a thrill seeker. But this may be a thrill, kind of like how I didn't like bareback riding, you know. And you don't need to keep doing something 7, 8, 10, 12, 35, 100 bulls into it once you already know you're not going to be passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So can you speak to that? Have you seen guys? Yeah. Like maybe they, they like the idea of, of being a rodeo. They like the yeah. idea of the, you know, wearing a fancy buckle around <laughs> day one, but they, their heart's not in it yeah. for the, the day to day work. Yeah. And if they're not into it, like, I mean, it's life. I mean, it's life or death when, you know, nothing like, there's no whistle that we can stop anything, so every situation has to play out. So if you're not willing to die for it, then, like, and if you don't love it, like, as much, like, that you would die for it, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. You you love to get out there and do this and yeah. practice this and, and get better at it. Yeah. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah. And it's not always there. Right. And you can see the guys, you know, like, you're, you're not here for the right reasons. Right. Yeah. And... 
<laughs> I, I got on too many bareback courses. It just took me a minute, you know, and, and it wasn't, I didn't want to let my buddies down who were bareback riders. Didn't want to let my old man down, but I also just had this thing in me that I felt like I shouldn't quit, you know, and I can't quit. Well, like that's different. Yeah. You shouldn't quit. If you're playing basketball, you don't need to quit in the middle of the third quarter. But if you hate basketball as a junior in high school and you don't want to play your senior year, don't play your senior year, you know, like, but this is a little different. If you bareback riding, like if you don't want to ride bears, if you don't want to ride bulls anymore, just stop riding them, you know? And then it was crazy. Like the day I quit riding bareback horses, none of my buddies cared, you know, my old man didn't care. And it was just like, I just realized like, I got to stop doing stuff based on what other people think. Number one. Yeah. Number two, it's okay to quit some things sometimes. I, I really struggled this last time with my knee. Like, we had had conversations right. about it. Like, I was struggling. Not mm-hmm. not the liver injury that literally did kill me, but my knee. Like, yeah. maybe it's because Tandy did kind of get in my head about it. He was like, well, I think I can give you a stable knee for the rest of your life. And then five months into it, I re-asked the question, like, do you think I'll get on bulls again? And he was like, yeah, I thought that's why we were doing this. But up until that, and up until I knew that, I was like really like struggling on whether or not like I wanted to push myself. Like I know I'm never going to get on the rank as bulls. Like I know, like I know my limits, but you know, Tony, Tony turns back. Like I can still go out there and have fun and like still pursue my passion of getting on bulls. Mm -hmm. And like, and it's just about like where you're comfortable with being, you know, like you've got to like come to that. Like if you're like, I'm never going to try to push myself. I mean, I ended up pushing myself because, like, after this knee, like, I had never thought that I would have gone to the PBR combine and rode a bull. Like, that wasn't on my agenda. Like, I really just thought that I was going to take it easy and just, you know, see where it it took me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it took me to the places that it did. And I'm not mad about it at all. Like, I'm actually really grateful for it. But, you know, like, I really struggled coming back from this knee injury because I, I just didn't know how hard I wanted to push myself again. Now, the women's bull runs, they're fine because we don't get on anything that really bucks unless I'm in charge of the stock. <laughs> Daylin, the way you talked about uh, rodeoing, it, it made me think, as far as like after the rodeo, like if you see yourself, let's say you went to 10 rodeos. Nine out of ten of those, what what what's it like for you after the rodeo? Do you like to hang out? Are you going to a party? Are you going are you gonna be running around or is it more like you kind of shut like your fun is the bull riding and then it's over? Yeah. Um so like the year I made the font the NFR, um, maybe we'd go to rodeo and then we'd leave that night and drive. Um I'm not the best driver. I like to use a little bit of the road, so I like to drive at night. <laughs> <laughs> you like to drive at night yeah i'm paying for the whole road <laughs> yeah <laughs> so would you consider yourself a partier i wouldn't consider myself a partier yeah um yeah i just got like by that statement you know his mom's like, gonna hear this podcast yeah. right? <laughs> but I, I, i'm and i'm not i'm not saying well, my was, mom knows everything i do there was i'm not JD. saying any any sort of extreme <laughs> i'm not talking about like any sort of extreme i'm just saying like yeah and everybody might hang out by the campfire and have a conversation till one or two in the morning yeah. occasionally because you're enjoying good company. But, you know, rodeoing, there's a difference. Yeah. You know, like the, some guys, and more power to them. I'm not saying they shouldn't. 
there's guys that like go to the NFR year in, year out that yeah. consider themselves partiers. You know, I'm not talking about anything secretive. I'm just saying like, you know, for me personally, for some people have the misconception, especially when we get into Vegas, that like <laughs> I don't sleep for 10 days. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the case, you know? Like I just I love 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 get chill bumps at the the being behind the bucket shoots. Yeah. Like when when especially like even before the bareback riding before, you know, like walk through the arena, freshly plowed arena. It's got that certain smell to it mm -hmm. that is just an outdoor pin has a certain smell to it. Indoor pin, a Coliseum, the locker rooms behind the shoots, the gate slamming. You're hanging with these certain guys that are about to enjoy this same battle. You are like, that's what I'm passionate about, you know? And so the, as far as like, I'll definitely stay up late occasionally if I'm enjoying company. I'm not opposed to that, but I, I'm just not necessarily like. Or if I, you're I don't under drink. contract too. I don't. I don't drink. Right. I don't drink <laughs> and or or any of that. So like a lot of the things that come along with partying, they're just not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, I'd rather have a cup of tea. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so how how do you know? You talking about all the adrenaline and everything. How do you come down from it? I mean, so like on Sunday, you know, the bull riding started at 8.45. Yeah, that was and crazy, so right? really early. <laughs> and um, which is good. It brings it back to the high school rodeo days. You know, you get on bulls in the morning. Yeah. But uh, so like that night, you know, I think I don't know what time it started, but it like I didn't go to bed till like I laid in bed for a while. You know, but my mind was racing and then I just you just had to want like it. It's a little difficult, you know, because yeah. you just, you're ready to go. Might as well just, I feel like we just sort of just rolled right into it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you, you get yourself ramped up. You, you're you getting the rush out of it. Yeah. But, you know, you got to come off of that. Yeah. yeah for get sure. it out, let it drain out of your system. <laughs> I'm a morning person. 840, like 845, I mean, they bucked the first bull at 845? That's one, uh, nine. Yeah, I mean, four, I, 15 minute I was up for four like, hours when... <laughs> <laughs> 10 o'clock would be about perfect for me nine's mm. still kind of early yeah but if i had to choose like i would be because i'm a morning person are you, are you a morning person yeah i mean sometimes i like to like like this morning wait i i'm not used to waking up at five and i did it yesterday and then today um that's a little early for me but i do enjoy like getting outside and like i enjoy that air and like in the first thing in the morning you know how it's just yeah it's just different I've been reading all these, like, Navy SEAL books and stuff and, like, military stuff. And Cameron Haynes, he's a runner. He's 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 not a, uh, He wasn't in the military, but uh, – and then David Goggins. And uh, one thing that's been, like, consistent that they've talked about is, like, suffering, you know, and, like, um, not really shying away from it and a lot of times leaning into it and um, – you know, the, the mental battle that you can overcome by, for instance, just taking cold showers. And that was something yeah. I heard Joe Rogan talk about. Just he doesn't like all the time, you know, promote like you got to take a cold shower. Like what is it, Wim Hof or whatever? But but like for recovery and, and right. whatnot, they'll get in a cold bathtub or whatnot. And uh, so I've just been like really playing that over in my head and kind of giving my myself permission to do those things. And so with that, I've, you know, I, I try to start my day with something that like m 
might suck. Yeah. You know, like a, a run or a workout or a cold shower, for instance. And, um, yeah. So what you're doing, you're priming your, your, your mind because it's, you're planning on a discomfort. So you've, you've got the, you've got the foreknowledge. This isn't going to be good. I'm going to walk myself through it. I'm going to experience it, let the bad thing happen and then let it go out of me. So the idea is when, the, when something comes out of the blue, you've already trained yourself like, no, I can, I can take it and then let it go. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. But you're, you're, you're practicing doing that because yeah. you know, it's coming the cold shower or the, the run or whatever. Yeah. So even day before <coughs> yesterday was like a, an extreme version of it, but like I've got, I've got my little track down where I go. It's down tech road where we took the can-am 70 miles it's an hour. An hour. That's why I knew to go there. Cause I love <laughs> running this road. Well, I got to go by this one spot and it's, freaking pit bull there's two one of them is not that bad a real warm friendly pit bull i'm talking like <laughs> i'm talking like like redneck like pip like my probably gonna maybe like jerk the chain fight off another the dog one day kind friends. of pit bull like cut ears kind of pit bull and there's two of them and the one he's borderline friendly he barks at me but like he never really comes past the yard and he'll just like bark it's just annoying whatever like i don't even pay him any mind and this time this some buck had a buddy and i don't know where it came from they got more dogs but this one was not maybe in a pen where it was supposed to be <laughs> and she meant business yeah and i started and i had to walk backwards like i'm telling you like like she even touched like got close her foot touched my foot like slid in like borderline killed i'm just trotting backwards real slow right because when i turn then it encourages her yep anyways so like well i get back to the house then I, by the time eight o'clock starts the, the bottom the, the point is eight o'clock starts my day starts i've i've taken a cold shower i've ran five miles i almost died by a, a dog attack yeah and then i had a workout and then I stretched, and now it's eight o'clock, and I'm yeah, ready for my. The rest day. of the day's gravy. Like exactly, one hundred percent. You know, and I yeah. can't imagine like, you know, like a Navy SEAL and like their kind of stuff, the kind of training they go through. Right. So like, so like, I've 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 always been a morning person. Like I might get up and feed, but I but now like, I've kind of got to start my day like that, or I want to, just because it will give me just this unbelievable perspective throughout the rest of the day right do you do you have a morning routine and and is do you do things differently like on game day when you're riding versus when you're at home yeah when i'm at yeah it's all kind of different like i'll stretch kind of in the morning and stuff like that and work out and just it just kind of depends on how i'm feeling too but um i try to get all my workouts in the morning before i start doing anything else and then just because that's where I mean, that's my job is bull riding. I need to be in shape, need to stay mm -hmm. loose. And so I try to do it all in the morning um, and just have to keep that a priority and right. it just kind of helps me throughout the day. Yeah. I mean, I don't think everybody has to get up stupid early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's not, I'm not saying that people have to do that. I do. No, that's like for me, I don't have a choice. That's just when I, I get up. I don't recommend anybody do that if that's, I don't, I don't use an alarm clock. Yeah, I, I haven't since I was in high school. So that's just my time. Right. So I'm just, I accept it. Like, I don't always enjoy it being up that early, but that's just what the Jordan's a morning person. Jordan yeah. will get up. Yeah. That's just how it is. I'm up. 
Uh, I was out there. I haven't been getting up as early as I want to lately, but I've still been getting out and feeding by 6.30. Yeah. Like starting. Yeah. I was out there like 6.20 this morning, I think, close to it. So we normally uh, uh, wrap up podcasts with uh, life advice. So like... Uh, just any, maybe it's a one-liner that you've lived by. It doesn't have to necessarily be like a one-liner. It can be just, uh, you know, maybe some a paragraph of what's helped you through life to be successful. Um, but what do you got, Corey? You got some life advice for people? Yeah, it's something I'm working on. <clears throat> you know, uh, Jordan will back me up. Vikings, we're we're not known for sharing our feelings or or being good with them. <laughs> so I'm learning at my age, my advanced age, to uh, to feel things and accept them, let them come in and then let them go out, like I was talking about. Just let it go through me. We're we're used to tightening that up a little bit. <laughs> she gets it. Yeah. It's a Viking thing. It's a Viking. So thing. I'm learning to do that. I think that's a good practice. Learn to. Uh, <clears throat> accept the feelings when they come in, and it's a funny thing when you acknowledge them and listen. You kind of they they dissipate. Yeah. What about you? Me, Jordan. Oh, I don't know. Probably my OG: be who you want to be, not who you're told to be. You know, go out there and do what you want. And don't look at what anyone else has to say about it. Good advice. I uh, so like I've read. Just got done with Cameron Haynes' book, Endure. And he's like a long-distance runner. He's run like upwards of 240 miles. Mm. Anyways, yeah, they, they're called ultra marathons. Yeah. I don't even know they were a thing. 100-mile <laughs> races all the time. That book and then um, listening to some of these Navy SEALs talk, like I think this is kind of just my observation, and I've, I've not really ever said this, so I'm just kind of working out the kinks on the – don't quote me on it, but like – I think to be good at something, you have to work hard, bare minimum. To be good at something, you have to work hard. To be great at something, you have to work hard and you have to be passionate about it. But I think to be the best, you have to be obsessed with it. Like like to where you stand out. Like if you have to, like I mean, like the best, the best, like obsessed. Like and a world I, champion. And I think an obsession <laughs> can sometimes sound like have a negative connotation. Yeah. But I don't think it necessarily has to. Anyhow. Yeah, you could you could change that word with focused. Yeah. What do you think, Dalen? Let's hear your life advice. Would though. someone well, would someone call you obsessed over bull riding? Like just the everyday person, if they were to like see your life? I wouldn't say obsessed. Like I try to think about it when I need to think about it, but like there has to be like I, if I I can I overthink some things. So if I try not to overthink it but still stay focused like I'm definitely focused where I want to be, um, but not like I feel like there's also an over-focused if you think about it too much. But that's just kind of where your mind has. Right, but even that that you're doing, you're being strategic about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like like you're doing that for a reason so you can be better at it. Yeah. yeah. So like even if you do go play golf one day, like you're not going to play golf because – you're you're not necessarily obsessed for sake of the argument. You're going to play golf because you know it's gonna that day off 
and taking that break mentally is going to make you better at bull riding. Yep. Yeah. Like you're going to go ride horses because of that. Yeah, that's what like I, I would almost exactly. argue that like that is kind of like you're just I think you're just really in tune with yourself <clears throat> and you know like hey, I can't I can't sit on this barrel for instance like if you were for nine hours today. Yeah. It's going to be too much. And then I might even develop bad habits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then you're just practicing bad habits. Anyway, I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm just trying to observe. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, that's what people should do. You should look at people like Dalen, like your world yeah. champ. And, and he has the focus. He has right. that focus to, to listen. And he listens. He listens to his body. He listens to his mind. And he focuses. Yeah. You watch <laughs> your diet? Yeah. I've, um, which these last couple, like last week and stuff, I've kind of just been eating whatever, but normally I try to, um, and I got, I want to drop a little bit more weight before the team, um, from where I finished the season at. Uh, so I kind of want to be like 150 to 155 right in there. Um, That's I was about, weight. yeah, I was about right? 157 at the finals and stuff. Uh, I don't, on days I ride, I don't eat much. I just, I kind of just drank a smoothie and then, mm. um, which at the finals we uh, we did the same thing. <laughs> had a smoothie or smoothie bowl, and then um, had like poke sushi every night. It was the only, pretty much the only place that was open. That's Dale's favorite. Yeah, I freaking love sushi. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. Oh, we got another sushi guy. There's there's a few of the raw ones I like, but most of the sushi I like would be the cooked yeah. side of the menu because everybody always thinks raw. Yeah, but like there's cooked sushi. Yeah, I like the poke bowls. Have you ever had one of those? I just yeah. got introduced to that. Yeah, that's really good. That's what I love. I like sushi, but I love. I don't know poke how bowls. to describe it. It's somewhere between sushi and like Hawaiian food or something. I don't yeah. know. I'll have to it's try. It's kind of like I don't think I've had it. A lot of healthy stuff in there. Yeah, like it's kind of like going to Subway for sushi. They put it in a bowl. Yeah. Kind of oh, and then you wow. walk down a line. Yeah, you got to you're like, "Okay, I'll take the yellowtail and the I like carrots it. and the I yeah. like it. Yeah. I'm going to try that. <laughs> What's your life advice? Um, I don't know. I think kind of what I've always and don't quote me on this, but like what no, I we are we're literally <laughs> quoting you on this. <laughs> But <laughs> when I'm always getting getting ready to, like, not ready to go, but just something I've always, like, kept me working hard is um, Mark 9, um, All things are possible for who who believes. So if you believe in something, um, you know, there's it's going to work out how it's supposed to. Mark I guess we'll quote nine. the Bible. I'm pretty sure it's Mark 9.23. <laughs> we'll quote the Gospels. Yep. <laughs> Mark 9.23. I'm going to have to look that up. Not to make sure that you're yeah. right, but like he just told you what it said. Did you not hear him? <laughs> I don't know what version that is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, that's super. That's super neat. Yeah, if you don't, you got to be the one that believes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what's going on in Dalen's head. I've always said, like we, I was at this business conference, and I've always said this, but people will say like, "Oh, I'm terrible with names." And it, it frustrates me to no end. Like, absolutely you are. They're like, what? Well, you just said you are, so you yeah. are. <laughs> and this this guy got on stage, and that was, like, one of his things at the beginning. Like, I can't remember what he talked about at the end, but at the beginning he was like, he could he can go through and have 100 people tell their names, and then he'll go back and tell you all their names. And he was talking about, and he kind of said like that. He was like, people say they're terrible that, with that names. That terrifies me. And then – 
that means they are. Yeah. It's like you got to stop saying that, number one, you know, because your mind and body are going to believe it and you're going to be terrible with names. And, but anyhow, furthermore, he like attaches your name to like a body part and he'll put it, like he says, he'll put it on something. So, like, Corey has a big nose. I'm going to put it on his nose. He doesn't say a big nose, but yeah. you just happen to also have a big nose. So, yes. like, that's how I remember Corey's name. It's like I'm, on your. I'm having science surgery tomorrow. We've been talking about it all morning. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, well, thanks for everybody for listening. Check out Dalen on all things um, social media. He is the world champ right now, PBR world champ, getting on some of the rankest bulls in the world, and, and he's riding them. So uh, follow him. Follow his story. It's the beginning of a, a long, great career, um, Lord willing. And, uh, yeah, man, we're a fan. We got your back. So Yeah, what a great podcast. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, Thank great you for conversation. Really interesting story. And uh, Jordan, Corey, check out Total Feeds. Let me let me see. There it is. This is our outro music. I love it. Yeah. We are like, subscribe, comment, whatever you got to do. Check out DaleBrisby.com. We are on to the next one. Right. You want to do an intro? Yeah, I'm going to do it real quick. <coughs> so when we're all done and we know what we said, uh -huh. then we do the intro. Yeah.